time to ham up. Okay. Now I gotta really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. The Young Chunks Podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome everyone to After the Credits, a Yum Chunks Podcast. I'm your host today, Matt Chewy. With me today is Ryan Davis. Hello. Sean Davis. That's me. And Chris Schmidt. There's no heroes here. Oh, no. <laughs> Before we get started, I uh, just want to just wanna let you guys all know that in, this, in the interest of being timely, we've uh, recorded two episodes of After the Credits this week. Uh, today's episode is about The Incredibles 2. Uh, we also just recorded an episode on E3. Um, so we're going to be releasing these episodes around the same time. We're not even sure if this is going to be out before or after the E3 episodes. So um, check your streams, your YouTubes and iTunes or whatevers, and uh, you know check that one out. If, see if it's there, or if it's not, it'll be there any second now. So Your feeds are just going to be blowing up. Yeah, what is so, this? So be on the lookout Yum for chunks. that. Um, but as mentioned, today we're going to be talking about Disney Pixar's newest film, The Incredibles 2. But before, before we get started with that, um, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, how's we're it going? Back in. Yeah, back in action. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let's do our little let's do our little circle. What are we about to, what, how are we all doing today? What are we all what have, what have been circle. up to? Catch us up in the lives of <laughs> not, the, uh, not watching solo. <laughs> Am I right? High five. I, 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 no, yeah. Nobody gave him a high five. <laughs> okay, well, Chris hasn't been doing that. What have you been up to, Chris? What's your life like? Uh, lots of work. Lots and lots of work. Uh, E3, as you just stated. I've actually I just finished uh, Dragon Ball Super. I finished the whole series. I've watched Arrested Development, Kimmy Schmidt. I beat Detroit Become Human. Uh, I've been playing No Heroes Here for the past couple hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's my life. Good. Anything in there particularly stand out? I really like Detroit Become Human. You done with it? Yeah, I okay. hate it. Uh, I'm not a huge... I, I liked both Kimmy Schmidt and Arrested Development, though I'm not a huge fan of this half-season thing that they're pulling on me. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a bit nonsense. Um, did you... Sean, did you... Or, I, or Ryan, did you guys watch the... Yeah. News? Yeah. I, I uh, watched Kimmy Schmidt. I, uh, yeah, but Arrested Development. Yeah. I'm not as, like... Uh, upset about the split thing i mean obviously i want more of it because sure. i love it but um i'm not sure was it just a marketing thing is that why they're splitting this up or what's the deal yeah, with that? i really don't know just in general yeah. as far as the rest of the development goes i just don't know it's what kind of, it is kind of weird though is. because like we're spoiled not the right word because it's just a different format for how television released now but mm-hmm. we're so used to netflix shows just like the Here's entire everything. season, yeah. But yeah. like TV, we would have to watch a year for like right. or a whole week just to watch another episode. So it's already funny that ah, I can't watch four more episodes immediately. Ugh, table right. flip, right? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I'm not saying that there. It, I, I don't am, understand. Well, that. I, I do understand angry, that. But. It's weird because Netflix. You know, when Netflix streaming started, they started putting these giant backlogs of yeah. shows that already existed and were finished airing, and then the binge watch kind of yeah. was a new thing that's kind of sprung up in the last decade or so. And now studios are finding themselves having to create this content with the binge watch in mind. Yeah, so it's, it's the... a shift. It's a little weird. Um, and yeah. yeah, like even 
<laughs> nine episodes is not enough somehow. <laughs> it's right. like, jeez, like, sorry guys. <laughs> we just put about four hours of content for you. For, and no, not, not enough. enough. Yeah. No. Hey, I waited so many years for this new season of Arrested Development. It's not fair that I don't get my... But I heard that one, they're both of them, but I, they're supposed to be... Like before the end of the year, the second half of the season, right? So it's not even that long of a wait. Is it? I don't. I, don't, I, I could be wrong, but I, could have, uh, I thought Arrested Development was like September or like November or something like that. To be honest, I have no idea what's going on. This yeah, season. I don't this is oh, a. Really? Uh, this I, is, ha- I haven't watched the last two episodes, so I haven't actually a, finished the season. I think the season's a little weird. I'm not. This it's is a little weird, but it. It's my least favorite so far. Um, we'll, we'll see. Let's see how the season turns out. But of all five of them, this is my least so far favorite. Yeah, yeah. What else have you been up to? What else? What else have you been up to? Uh, I've been playing. Um, <laughs> I also been playing Detroit. I also play uh, Hollow Knight. Just came. If you listen to our E three episode, um, came out on the Switch. That game was super fun. Why I did recommend you do that, it, but not at the mic. I did. It was like no, this. you did it like at you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I like to make gestures that no one else could pick up on. Um, uh, Hollow Knight is really good. It came out last year, but it just came out on the Switch. I highly recommend it. Super fun, Metroidvania style, but just a lot of fun platformer. Mm. Been playing that and the Octopath Traveler demo. Again, recommendations that I have already recommended from the V3 episode, but. Good to go check it out. Go for check expanded. It out. You'll yes. keep recommending them yes. until you play it. Yes. Do also, I started reading the Sword of Truth series, which is a classic fantasy, if anyone's familiar. Terry I've Goodkind. Heard the name, and that's yeah. uh, I just started, so I can't really place judgment, but that I've embarked on that. Little. Oh, I finally finished book two of the Mistborn series. Oh, I yeah. did that too. Did you? I did like. I like the epilogue of it a lot more than I liked any other part of it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the epilogue specifically, but that's where literally everything happens oh. in a couple pages. It's like, and now things start happening. Wow, that doesn't sound like a good book at the all. The second half, the end was pretty exciting. The whole assault on the city and stuff, and then her fight. Except, with... except, I think I've already like described this to you that it felt like. Dragon Ball Z, right? It felt I like suppose. that Goku thing where she's like, I'm at my limits, but I'll just keep going. I guess. I don't, I, I'm okay with that. It, I don't well, like without that getting, so much. Yeah, too much of the mechanics. I thought it was stupid about that Atrium thing. If anyone else out there reads that series, that was completely against the point of what that metal is supposed to do. Though I do like yes. using the term pewter drag to mention just in everyday conversation now. You know? Pewter drag? Yeah. Well, like if, if you're worn down, right? I was just like, man, I feel like I've pewter dragged or whatever. <laughs> Not that I expect anybody to all ever catch that. In the future, they will all, all be yeah. saying that. Hashtag pewter drag. Yeah. Uh, speaking of books, I started and I'm almost done with the first book in the Wheel of Time series. That's a Some more major... classic fantasy. Yeah. Hmm. What else have you been up to? Uh, yeah, mostly I went to E3, obviously, uh, but in terms of media, I watched, like, a lot of horrible Netflix films. Like, I want to almost do another episode just on, like, all the straights of Netflix. Netflix. Like, I don't understand. There's been a lot that I've been meaning to watch, and I've, it's so hit and miss, because there are actually some that I do like, but I've watched a handful that are just like, oh, what was that? Right, yeah, like, I feel like there's just so much out there, you really have to search for these hidden gems, and I'm kind of striking out in that regard i want i just made this list of all the ones i watched and it, it feels weird that they're like i don't know they get lost in the weeds or they they it's like they're only half films or they gave up three quarters of the way making this, it and yeah. they said like yeah this really it's it. been a little while but i watched um this sci-fi it was with what's her name Reno, Re, naomi rapici 
Um, and she like plays a set of uh, septuplets, and they're oh. each named after a day of the week. And it's like whatever happened to it's called whatever happened to Monday. Or oh like yeah, that. I want to watch that. One. It was not very good. Dang it! <laughs> it's like it, it's like a really interesting premise. It's like in the future you can't have siblings because the resources of Earth. So it's against the law. Only one child per household or something along those okay. lines. And then this family gives birth to seven identical subtuplets. So they each are given a day of the week where they could go out and they all have to live the same life. Like, oh, that's a really cool premise. It's really, like, yeah. mm-hmm. really heady. Like, sci-fi, this is like, exactly what sci-fi is made for. And then it's just like a bad movie. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Willem Dafoe's in it. And it's like, it's like you could tell they filmed all of his stuff, like, in three days. Like, okay, we filmed the Willem Dafoe stuff. Now let's film everything else. And she's really, I like her as an actress really good, but the film. Yeah. He was in another terrible straight to Netflix film. I feel like they have, like, that contracts death, with a lot of these death, actors. That American Death Note movie, Willem Dafoe. Oh, was I never saw that. I heard it was bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, this, I don't know, just to name a few. Win It All, uh, Outsider with Jared Leto, um, Anon. Which I wanted to watch that, that one. That one... It like it's yeah again they're like okay I'm with you so far where's this going this is interesting and then just eh, fizzles <laughs> yeah um, uh, American Hero which had Stephen Dorff which I haven't seen him in a movie in a while I like and Blade. him and yeah and Blade he has like he has psychic powers uh, you're like okay cool and then just they doesn't no, do anything yeah, with him it's lame I haven't heard of that one uh, but we did go see Les Mis at the oh that's Civic. right right so that's, and that's our family <laughs> went we went to see life if we do plays we what we do we talked all about Shrek yeah, yeah I got plays so yeah. we're playing news no I don't well, know what you've been up to yeah, yeah, yeah. you saw the uh, what is it like the professional touring yeah, it was yeah. the one they had just come from, I don't know where. I forgot. I have but... still not seen a professional production oh. of well, the show. Well, it was, was like, the, I thought it was really it good. It was really good. This is, I think, the fourth time I've seen it, yeah. like, live professional. Mm-hmm. And it, I will say, it was, it was, it was really good. And as, as many times as I've seen it, like, oh, I sit down and starts like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, like, cynical and jaded. And then pretty quickly, I'm, like, super into it. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I got this, like, wins me over every time. But, um, this performance was actually interesting because the set design of that play is really amazing. At mm. least in the one I've seen in the past. Yeah. Where mo- every other performance, though, it's been this rotating set thing, where like this, it's like rotating. Like a big and it, disc. Kinda. It's a big disc. Was this one? They did turntable set. Yeah, turntable set. Where it's constantly and it Our does a really season. good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the professional. <laughs> no, in class I say when I describe a turntable set, I just imagine a giant lazy Susan. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, very much. But this one did not have that is oh. what I was saying. Right, so it was not. the first time I had seen that Shrek, the musical on Broadway did have that. Oh man. And at the moonlight. Wow. Yeah. What so are they going to do Lame Miz at the Moonlight? I, uh, I think I have before. Have but, they? Yeah, okay. but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, back when Moonlight did Shrek, I had to help with that okay. turntable. And I mean, the thing is, it's probably the same with Lame Miz. Um, we had to build the stage up a whole full like foot and a half. Oh, like you install yeah. the turntable and onto the, the stage platform. and then you, the stage you, you have to build up around it so yeah. you're raising the whole stage level yeah. and then underneath there's the whole like like belts and motor system so that does, goes off. Slaves. So doesn't the ceiling get, like, get <laughs> shorter than the ceiling? Is I mean, yes. It, so you have to raise the rim, what you're saying. Down. Yeah, there's, you do, there's yeah. Chewie behind him with a whip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we had two comments. Our own <laughs> life, yeah. For you listeners. My joke wasn't suck. very good in the first place. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. For listeners, there. that's going to be confusing. Yeah, I think you said something about me here. Again. Okay, <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> Editor, you're going to have to clean this section. Oh, no! All right, Um. well, speaking of theater, I, uh, I'm a. I, I just finished uh, school. We're out. We're out of uh, school for the summer, so I just finished teaching this term. Um, 
So I've transitioned over into my, into my other job. I work in a sort of regional theater in San Diego, and we just opened uh, Mamma Mia. So I, I, you know, just been working on the lights, and then I just want to go see that. Um, it's a really good production. I'm not super into ABBA. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I've never seen so many disco balls in one place. If you go, really? if you go on stage and you just look up, oh. disco balls everywhere. They're... Wow. Probably about 20, 25 disco balls in the show. So if you ever want to just see a ton of disco balls in one place, if that's something that is a priority to you... You went? I'm sold. Okay, yeah, great. It, it Let's do an episode on disco balls. Great. Uh, excellent. Uh, yeah, it's a good good production. Um, I uh, I got to I got to chaperone Grad Night, which was really cool. Um, oh, it's at Disneyland. Um, oh, 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 and it was another thing I, I never went to my own grad night but I got to chaperone grad night and went to Disneyland I haven't been to Disneyland in over a year and a half which for me is a long time because I used to be a pass holder so I used to go every month or if not more um, so that was and I didn't have to pay which was pretty cool but um, but there was a good little backlog of things that I hadn't seen before but the main highlight for me was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout I don't know if any of you guys have checked that out no, I haven't actually checked it out yet. It I heard to, good things. It used to be the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, and if you watch Massology, I've done a whole video on Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And uh, what, what do you do? What do you... That was me falling. Like, oh, oh, okay. That was me on the Where Chris just randomly throwing his arms up. And it just looked like, <laughs> looked like a complete weirdo. Even in the context, it still didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I, I did a whole episode about Twilight Zone Tower of Terror and the differences between the California and the Florida one and how the California one is kind of not like the not as good one but it's really cool because like i like seeing that marvel like creeping its way into the other arms of disney particularly the theme parks and now we don't have to compare our version of the ride to the better florida so one. that whole episode is completely pointless now is it really is actually now i'm i'm like when they did that well, the thing that this guardians makeover has been around a lot now a little while it, it they they were getting ready to open that like right before my pass expired but um so it's kind of old news here but um I was like, dang it, I gotta make a whole other Tower of Terror episode. I, that was terrible timing. Um, but yeah, I love seeing just the overwhelming Marvel presence. Because like, the, the ride is themed to um, the Collector from the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And when you walk in, it's his fortress. And all the little boxes that are all over the place are remnants from like every Marvel movie. So there's mm-hmm. like an Ultron head that's like flickering. And then there's like Chitari weapons. And there's, you know, all these creatures. There's stuff from like asgard and there's all this all these different things so it it's i really i feel like it's a good first introduction to putting marvel stuff in the disney theme parks because by the nature of the story it was a good uh way to kind of put everything ton of marvel all in one place and uh i i don't know i i thought i think this is better than the tower of terror like in almost every way and i know there was a lot of people are skeptical about it but i really I was really impressed with with what they were able to do with what they had to work with. So, awesome. Yeah. Strong recommendation. Um, chaperoning. Everyone go chaperone. Chaperoning. Chewy's three, High School. 300 seniors <laughs> and getting them all back on a school bus at 3 a.m. is not as good of a time as writing Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. But, you know. I mean, do you really have to take all of them back? Like, who's counting? I mean, they've all graduated. They're not exactly. technically our students like, anymore. They're, they're, all, they're adults now. They don't want to they're... come back to the bus. That's fine. They earned that. <laughs> they got their diploma. <clears throat> that's what I've been up to. I... No, that's all I've been up to. <laughs> that's good. Um, I'm going to relinquish uh, hosting duties to Sean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I didn't call for I didn't ask for this. It's been thrust upon me. Whoa. She was just being a responsible host. Look, look, honestly, I'm out. And. <laughs> out of what? He oh, flew too quickly. He's riding the edge too hard. Sean's got the book of notes in front of him, so I feel like this is a good time. But their thoughts, my thoughts on the movie, though. You don't need to know my thoughts, dude. I'm fine. That's the only That's way he was able to get through the I don't even episode. think it matters. We, we're all equal in the eyes of the pod. Lord. Yeah, yeah as a pun, right? Damn it, I just lost my hosting duties because right, of that pun. Up. All right. What are we talking about today, Chris? Uh, we're talking about no heroes here. Uh, what are we talking about today, Ryan? Uh, Bao? Uh, okay, well, okay, Bao is a small the... Asian boy who grows Okay, so uh, we'll, let's actually talk about that. Talk, okay, well, okay, before we'll we get to Incredibles 2, because all Pixar films start with a short film, and the short film for this one was a short film called Bao. Um, boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, so just initially, yeah, it was cute and fine and all this stuff, whatever. But. Did anyone was anyone else completely like confused? Not so the whole time I thought the main character is a twelve year old boy. Did anyone else think that? No. Really? Yeah. No, I thought it was an old woman. No. Why? It looked like a twelve year old boy. Why would you think it was the thing that it was? To <laughs> why? I didn't think that was gonna. I didn't think. I didn't think that was what you were gonna ask. I thought you were gonna ask something about whether or not that doughboy, what kind of a relationship exactly had with that adult human woman. No. Did you catch my drift? No, I, I do Oh, I guess I get it now. Why, but, though? But, but knowing that, why would you question that? She was like, it was like her son. But, but okay, so it's that that character model, that, that character design of that character, it was completely androgynous, first of all, right? So th- there was nothing that said it looked like a seven-year-old woman. <laughs> What? I'm, what? Why, why is no answer no, my question? I know this is funny to rethink about that whole short. But it makes it perfect sense up until the last 30 seconds. So the la- the whole thing made complete perfect sense <laughs> until the last 30 seconds. And I'm like, what? What just happened? And it was like a surprise twist that wasn't even intended for me alone, I guess. Okay, because it's... I just thought it was, okay, a 70-year-old grandfather and his 12-year-old grandson. Who is a loner? He make he cooks for his grandpa when his grandpa goes out to work. He's a loner. He cooks, and then he makes a little friend. He doesn't have any other friends, and he has a friend now. And they go do things, and he becomes a friend. And it's the kids outside. They show the con- contemporaries. They're young kids playing soccer, and like like why would it show young kids? And he look the he looks out the window like a young boy who doesn't have any other friends. In the in the in the in their house, they show like family pictures. And I understand now that it's the grandmother, but there's a little kid in that picture. And I thought, that boy, okay, that's the little kid. And his grandparents, his grandmother died. It's just him and his grandfather left. And then he makes this little friend. And then the friend wants to have other friends. So he gets so angry that he eats his friend, which is more, makes more sense as a 12-year-old boy than a 7-year-old what woman the eating the What the heck is going on right now? <laughs> and then in the end, it finds out that the 12-year-old boy is married to the 7-year-old Weird guy. Because it's not a twelve-year-old boy; it's an old woman who misses her son. I, okay, I, I I understand that now, but but I'm saying like there's Look, no indication of that. The whole film. Did that blonde woman have sexual relations with that oh, dumpling? That. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. God, yes. dang it. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean, happened. We're all agreed on that point, I think. Yeah, there's no <laughs> contention there. 
Okay, look. Any misunderstanding aside, Sean, you clearly misunderstood, and you're clearly the minority <laughs> I, I on this one. I, I, but I really, why, you why did clearly you? Alone why did in this you situation? think that? Why did you think that it was his wife? Because it looked. I don't know. I just I read it the way it was supposed to be read. I mean, I, obviously, yeah. I'm not. I'm not pretending that I'm any way right. I'm just like, what beat did I miss? That's what I'm curious all about. The, so for me, it wasn't necessarily anything visual. It was all the behavioral elements of that character towards the dumpling. They were very motherly, yeah. not friendly. Because like she licks her thumb and wipes the smudge off his face. That is something exactly yeah. the series. I mean, I took it more behavior. like a right. pet. Like a little boy has a pet dog, and I, to me, there was very, it likened it to that behavior. Well, and also, you know, it's a, it's the whole like mother having a son growing up the son doesn't want to have anything to do with it yeah I know I, it I was, mean, I mean yeah. it's visual storytelling which Pixar is so good you know the sketch reminded me of um, the beginning of Up really yeah, yeah because it because it, it's just because of the passage well, of time well I mean now it does it. well even then because I thought it was a 12 year old boy <laughs> well look Sean I don't know what to tell you, man. I think you're. I'm you're not, look, I'm not pretending that I'm right. I'm okay. just saying. I I, I'm just confused, concerned. and it's just like, how could I have I missed like the whole thing? Okay. The other thing that is interesting, that completely unrelated to that specifically, but is it true that none of the Pixar shorts have dialogue? I was just thinking about I this. I don't know. Right? That might be true. I couldn't. I can't think now of that I think about it. And I wonder if that's something that they intentionally like. Okay, you have to, it's all visual storytelling, which would be a really cool I'm, thing. Like I'm really I like interested to know, like if that's like a in like an insider rule. If you're making a Pixar short, the, there's certain guidelines that it has to I adhere to. I'm going to pull up a list of Pixar shorts. I mean, I could be wrong, but I can't think of any. Uh, Unless nope. you're going with like, Bounden. Bounden has dialogue. It has narration. That? Is that the that's magic? The one, no, Bounden is the one with the prairie dog that was the beginning of Incredibles one. If you remember, um, mm, I don't remember, I don't remember that. that. Yeah, that was a musical. It was a song. Oh. Um, Day and Night has uh, dialogue. That's the one where it's 2D animation. It was in front of Toy Story 3. Yeah, I remember That's that the one where there was Day and Night, and yeah. they were hand-drawn, but the stuff ins- happening inside of their bodies was 3D animation. That one had... That one, I believe, had... Um, but I don't think the characters were speaking. I think it Just was, like, narration? recorded narration or, like, stock Yeah, that's kind of different. Audio. I feel like Lava had dialogue, didn't it? I don't think Lava. Lava has a song. song. Yeah. yeah, it had a song. But I guess if we're talking about like, dialogue, specifically I mean, the characters, characters speaking to each other, yeah. no. Um, the only ones that do are the ones that are offshoots of the original movies. Like they did Mike's yeah, Guitar for the Frozen yeah. shorts and stuff. Well, those are, that's not Pixar, oh, that's so true. that's, that's, that's out of there. Yeah. I think no, they've they've done they've done shorts that were kind of like mini sequels to all of their movies. But I right. cannot remember if any of those have been released theatrically before Pixar yeah. movie or if those were all straight to DVD. Oh, okay. So I think for the most part... Maybe one or two, but for the I most part... I think pretty much just... almost all of them, if not all of them, you're right, you don't have characters specifically speaking yeah. to each other within the world of the I just thought it was really kind of cool and yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, did everybody in the theater was shocked when... When she ate, yeah, yeah it, it okay, was, great. It, everyone was like, oh, and then everyone just started laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That yeah. was incredible. That was good. All right, um, but all in all, pretty good. Yeah, pretty solid. Uh, actually, I didn't really like. It I loved that it. much. I loved it. I, yeah. I, I, I thought it was great. Um, it wasn't my favorite. Wasn't my least favorite by far. Okay. It was in the, even after massively misunderstanding it completely, <laughs> I still thought it was okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. One of my favorites. I really liked it. Well, good. There you go. I, yeah. For me, it was this kind of like shoving the whole like mother family thing right before a movie that was all about that too. I was just kind of like, all right, that's enough, Disney. I've noticed that um, I, I've noticed that there's been a trend of the short 
having some kind of narrative connectivity Red. to um like one i remember la luna was in front of brave do you remember that was the one where yeah, the kid like, was on the moon yeah. and there was the dad and the grandpa that were mm-hmm. like this is how you should clean stars and the kid's like i'm a new generation i do things my way and then that's what brave was about yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah and there's been a, there's a, at least i get two a sense that, that that might be also like a potential guideline when making like mm. you know what i mean like i just imagine like when you're making a picture yeah. short and you have a creative team they know that there's certain there's, standards they're working with um, and that could be one of them. Like, yeah. this is what mm. the main thing is about. Tying it in thematically mm-hmm. is actually probably not a Or sometimes it's a f- uh, visual tie-in. I remember yeah, there was the true. one with the cloud people that was in front of Up. Yeah. So, which, well, and Lava right. was in front of... Uh, Moana, right? Uh, well, Moana's not no. Pixar. What was oh, in front uh, of that? I don't... That was... I thought it was in front of something. I think that, it was Finding Nemo 2. Finding yeah, just like it felt like some no. watery... Oh, what was the last one? Cars. I didn't see Cars three. I didn't see that either. It was something because I saw. I remember. I saw, I saw Lava, Vince. but I didn't see Cars three. So it right. yeah, and it couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, whatever. Super quick. Monsters University. No, oh, might have been maybe. maybe. I, don't I guess there's uh, another big, Inside Out. Oh, there you go. Maybe that was. Maybe I don't it was know just the like the personification of weird, like abstract ideas or like Sanjay's super team was in front of Good Dinosaur. Never I didn't like the Lava one. I didn't like the Lava one. I liked it. Because I like it was you know it was about Iz and I like that performer. He's dead now, but yeah, I like him. You can still be about him. Yeah, it's even okay. Dead. It's okay. All right. Well, anyways, cool. move on to bow. We move past bow. Okay, so we're gonna start talking about Incredibles two. Spoilers. Don't listen. Spoilers. Blah blah blah. Plot. You know. Great. Deal. Should we um, give him first impressions or? Yeah. So Incredibles two. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, what do people think? Did you? Did people? like this and how much more or less than Incredibles 1 I freaking loved it okay. I I'm gonna just lay it all out here on the table I cannot remember the last time I was sitting in a movie theater and enjoyed the movie this much really? I wow. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time it's the best superhero movie I've seen in a long time I laughed a lot I was excited the whole time I thought the pacing was great it expanded on things that I liked in the first one however I after two days of thinking about it I and like I realized that there are a couple of plot things that really really bother me and like they don't retroactively take away how I feel about the movie and I feel like if I watch it again I would still get all of that enjoyment but I feel like primarily my main gripe aside from a couple of little small things is that the motivation of the antagonist does make does not make any sense at all like the more and more I think about it the more like frustrated i get that that character was not as developed as the antagonist in the first movie which i had just watched rewatched the night before um the first movie has always been tied between that and ratatouille as my favorite pixar movie like it's a situation where i watch one and i go that's my favorite and then i watch the other one and go wait no that's my favorite um so incredibles one set the bar really high i think this one almost made it and i think that with some rewrites and i think with some more thought into that character's backstory could have cleared that bar. Just shy of it, though. Gotcha. Yeah, I actually really, really enjoyed it as well. Um, I definitely liked it more than the first. Um, and I do have the same problem with the character. Like, the, after it kind of is all revealed, I'm like, wait, what? Why, why does she do this? Is it, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is really sticking together for me. And uh, But, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that really detracted from the film. Um, overall, like, I'm trying to think if it was as funny or funnier than other Pixar films. There were certain... There's, Two key moments for me that I think at least my audience was laughing for like five minutes after the scene or the event occurs, and it, I don't even know what happened in the part, that part of the film, uh, which is a good thing. I want to mm-hmm. see it again anyway. Uh, so um, yeah, I really liked it. 
I thought it was all right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was definitely good. I just feel like it was almost a carbon copy of the first film in almost every way. I mean, especially plot points. Like, I think from the I way think, it it plays out is almost identical to the first. I movie. think from I, a plot I, structure I standpoint, which I isn't which isn't like a, a huge attraction, but it's just like it made it. I don't want to say predictable because there's a negative connotation to that, but it was predictable. It was, was because you knew the villain familiar, reveal. Familiar, right? The villain thing was going to work out the same way, and it did. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I agree. I, that was, yeah. that was a mean, shortcoming. And all in all, like I expected more from Jack-Jack's character. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, okay, so this is going to be an interesting, because I actually think I agree more with Chris, at least, you know. All right, I know. Smackdown. Okay, let's, let's do this. Go okay, ahead. Uh, yeah! Well, let it be said that I don't think Chris and I dislike the film by any means. No. In fact, I bet we both actually like it. Yeah. Um, or I know we both like it. I guess, to me, what it, it was amazingly well made. The action was all really, like, fun. I will say that it, it wasn't as funny as I was hoping, but that in of itself doesn't mean that I you know don't appreciate it but in a lot of ways it felt like just like a really long well-made episode of television hmm. like you know what i mean like a real like what's your favorite like a really good classic tv cartoon like ducktail you know whatever right sure, like i felt yeah. like if they made an hour long hour and a half two hour long movie like this is what that would have been and I'll get into, when we get into more discussion, I'll get into some of my gr- bigger questions that kind of just never really satisfactorily answered, in my opinion. But um, the predictability, I do think that, like, it just made it, I, I wasn't, you were saying on your edge of your seat. For me, I didn't have that same feel. I mean, as soon as the antagonist walked on the screen, I knew that's who it was. I mean, I didn't, I, I won't pretend like, I knew immediately, but it was pretty well, clear. Well, I mean, I knew yeah, immediately yeah. and I was hoping I was wrong. I, yeah, I, I mean, too. Well, I guess the better way to put it is that when the reveal happened, I went, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of what and it I was, was. The only question was, are they, it was a, the, the both siblings or just her? That was the only question. That was the question I had. Because I think the, I think they were bank or they weren't necessarily banking, but I think the predictability was that it was going to be both of them, or at least he would be in on it. Right. So I think they kind of like, that's a little subverting a little bit without him being in on it. Well, if you are okay with, if you don't, unless you have anything else you want to say about your feelings about the the movie, I'd like to open up that point of conversation because that's my biggest talking point is, okay, so. The villain reveal being, you know, there's the Bob Odenkirk character and then the Catherine Keener, Catherine Keener character, there's brother and sister, mm-hmm. and she was the one behind this. But, okay, so, her her motivation, her motivation is to make superheroes illegal. Superheroes are already illegal yeah, at the beginning of this movie. What is she trying? Yeah. So, like, you, you, you got this thing, you got this whole thing where she's created this screen slaver character because of whatever. Because she needs to... Yes. For her plot to unfurl, she needs to create this character. And they... When they introduce this character, before we know that it's a fake out, he's talking about how, like, you know, the public, they're consumers. Yes. They're sheep. And we everything we experience is through television. Nothing's real. But, you know, it's not really that fresh of a take. Like, we've seen... You know, we've seen that before, but I feel like if, I feel like if they had committed to a villain who had that motivation and got, and doubled down on it, that would have been more interesting than what we ended up getting. Because I think her motivation being like, oh, a superhero didn't save my my parent, my dad, or or my mom, whatever it was, it it, it felt so, 
I don't feel like where she was, like her background would have led her to that point. I think a lot right. of it was one of the biggest issues was that I feel like they didn't resolve a lot of ideas and mm-hmm. to a certain extent some like subplots and even characters. They didn't have payoff for a lot of what we had built up. And I think like the the villain's motivation was the big thing. Like both of those are really good ideas and I wish they mm-hmm. would have explored all either one of them more fully. Right. And as as much as I love Incredibles one Syndrome is probably my favorite part of like Absolutely. right right like yes. because he presents a really good like it reminds me even of Korra right like yes. like the best villain like Zaheer and stuff like the best villains are represent ideas that you agree with in a lot of ways like right. and not not you but know the, what I'm the, saying the, like, the, 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 yeah but it's yeah. the thing is that he you can it's not so much I agree because I hate Syndrome. Yeah. As a character, but I love him as a character. Yes, like that's it, my it's, point. he's such a well-written character, and just those people exist. Yeah, they're all over Reddit. Like yeah. those people exist, and yeah. these these like these these guys that have this like thirteen-year-old minded that like have this weird warped, twisted like like I'm the victim, so I gotta be the whatever. Right. But he has a lot of money, and he's oh, yeah. and, right. and, you know, and and so he's able to act on his stupid you know man boy fantasies, and it's this scary person because those people exist and it's not only just that he's got the whole idea about how like oh if everyone's super nobody's super right yeah mm-hmm. that ties into what's going on with the family dynamic and yeah. so the whole movie feels like it's this cohesive yes. idea not true in this one that's right what I, that's yeah. why like i felt like they presented these ideas that weren't explored like in the way themes I want themes to be explored where right. every character or a different encounter is a different take on that mm-hmm. theme. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I felt like a lot of like, wait, how does that really tie into with the, I mean, for lack of a better term, message, right? Because mm-hmm. I think kid movies notoriously are just like, ah, it's just for kids. But Pixar has always bucked that trend. Pixar right. has always had a clear, like meaningful, impactful mm-hmm. message, a statement, something they wanted to say. And I think with this one, I think that there is still that. I just don't think it's as clear or at the very least, it's it's muddled and you got, you got well they don't made, actually resolve. They don't really right. present it. You got well made puzzle pieces, but you're like hitting them with a hammer to fit, yes. to get, fit them together. Like you got a lot of good stuff going on. You've got the Helen is the working yeah. mom and the stay at home yeah. dad, and you got right. and one of the things I appreciated about the first one are were the family dynamics, mm-hmm. but in this fantastic fantastical yeah. setting. But and I think they did that again well. But again, it doesn't it it feels like and maybe this is where you get the whole like. Saturday morning cartoon vibe to it is that a lot of the pieces feel like pieces. Yeah, is well, really what it is. Like one, I think one of the just in terms of the characterizations, I thought kind of represented one of my problems with it was like Dash, right? Mm-hmm. His character didn't have an arc, yeah. and there were like he just screaming the whole time. He just kind of was there. <laughs> I was really and disappointed by. I that. was hoping like even the math, like oh, the math will play in at the end somehow. And that mm-hmm. was no things like that where yeah. I felt like if it was like. I was expecting a little bit more just kind of clever payoffs for a lot of these setups or character resolutions. And so when that didn't happen, maybe we were, I'm spoiled because I was expecting too much. But 
it, it just felt like, oh, okay, I guess it's just a mm-hmm. fun. They had a fun action scene, and he's resu- he's done now. You know, sure, he right. doesn't need to. Yeah, do I, I felt actually I was a little disappointed by that character. Even though in the first one I kind of found him annoying, I was kind of like let down. Like, oh, I wanted to see him more. Yes, like, he, he had an arc in the first. Power. He had, definitely had an arc, and right. it tied into the whole family stuff. And mm-hmm. as much as there was still that strong family dynamic and a being about that, I just felt like the individual pieces, like even Violet to an extent, didn't feel qu- like she was more of a presence. But I felt her character was less. Mm-hmm. strong if that makes sense i don't know right um and like you mentioned jack jack like he took up a lot of screen time and for the most part it was entertaining and i liked it but like ultimately i don't know what they were saying with that character like what was the purpose of it other than it being viscerally entertaining right and i think that was one of my major concerns about the film is that they're gonna spend like oh everyone loves babies i'm like well except for me i hate babies babies. they're the worst and jack jack's gonna be this annoying character that's gonna eat up a bunch of screen time sorry any babies listening yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh and well that ended up being true for the most part although i will say the scenes with him ended up being more uh entertaining and enjoyable than i yes i really i did actually like the raccoon scene a lot yeah and in terms of specifics they did set up like a specific like um, like set up payoff, payoff. in terms of yeah. like um, his emotion and his abilities so that's fine I just I'm t- talking bigger picture stuff sure. right like um, I would have let's use some of that screen time to develop a character that's a character yeah. like like Dash at least or someone yeah. um, or heck even like the villain give this villain a little more charisma or personality like never mind like we kind of talked right. about her motivations and that kind of thing mm-hmm. but I mean think about Syndrome he is just loud in, in your face on the script camera he, he has all kinds yeah. of charisma and I like a villain with charisma. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm like, she's just kind of like a bleh. And that's well, kind of her, that was her as far character. As, as far as that being fine. a character, as far as a bit her personality, I was actually okay with that. Because I don't want, I don't, I don't want syndrome. syndrome again. No. But, but I, again, I feel like, I feel like fixing her motivation would fix her character more because then we would excuse more about like how she presented herself sure. because we would be able to get more on her side yeah. and identify with what her deal is. And I mean, whatnot, I find you know? it interesting you brought up, uh, you know, just like <clears throat> superheroes are already illegal, right? Right. Because she did have one line that I really liked, which I think was when she was arguing with her brother, when he was like, well, what do you think dad should have done? And she's like, she was just like, he should have gone into the freaking uh, panic room with mm-hmm. mom, like any sane person would have done. That is motivation that i wanted to see like that that was a powerful yeah i got like that we'll get uh, like i had a lot of notes on that too and i i that's what i mean whereas i like that but it was it wasn't enough and not only was it not enough per se but it just felt like oh the movie's over Wait, what did you? How did you resolve all of this like interpersonal? They and resolved it stuff? by all of the superheroes standing on the monorail track with sunlight coming from <laughs> yeah, behind. Yeah, like that's what that's coast. what I mean. Yeah. Like it was just very like, oh, Saturday morning cartoon, everything's fine. It's right. like you just presented some kind of like stuff that you should we should think about more, don't right. you think? But it wasn't no? okay. Well, yeah, because yeah, the heroes can't win just by punching the bad guy in the face enough. They have to win by winning the theme and, and the moral. Conflict, that's what I'm saying. Right? But I didn't, and feel they, they don't they did do that. that. They didn't do that. Um, um, also partially yeah. because I don't think like the conflict was set up well enough well in enough. the yeah, first place. Like That's I don't true. know what the problem is here, and <laughs> yes. so I also so now I don't know. Did when they solve it or not? <laughs> did we win? Uh, yeah. uh, Everyone's smiling. Well, they went to jail. Yeah, I guess that's super <laughs> well, illegal now. And even it was kind of murky because, like, at the end, the brother is like. 
we'll keep an eye on him. Like, why? He's fine, right? Is he bad now? Like, didn't, wasn't there some, like, weird, ambiguous line? Like, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. And like, then, what do you mean? Why? He's fine. He gave you a house and saved you. And he didn't know, right? Like, right. but they had some weird line. Like, and, But then, again, he, like, he, how did he get this far in his, like, <laughs> yeah. how, did he, how did he get this far in his business and his... And in his goal to bring superheroes back, working <laughs> with somebody whose direct goal is completely opposite for however many years. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. Especially he was using her technology to help motivate those mean ends, right? Like that. Right. So why was she helping? Yeah. Did she plan? So, so. Did she plan on Elastigirl coming to her and saying, "Hey, can you make me a machine that will help <laughs> me find your puppet that you?" And then her going, "Yeah, I yes, because that's part of my plan." Did she well, and, plan? On and also keep in mind that. This is all immediately after the events of Incredibles 1, right, which right. at that point, they don't even know that they're around any... Like, the general public doesn't really even know that they're a thing. Because they've all been in hiding for they're a They've all been time. in hiding, but some, but they still know because they just came out, I mm-hmm. guess, and they and so she devised the... Pa- oh, they're back again? They're still legal? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's plot stuff that doesn't just doesn't really make sense. sense. I, I say we are... We're, we're sounding like we're ragging on a lot more than I think we... Uh, let me reiterate. To. I freaking loved this movie. <laughs> I honestly I, no, did. I, 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 I did as well. How much time do you think sense. passes in this movie? I'd say like a week. I would say probably a few weeks. Maybe a few weeks. Man, he was, he was broke down. He was a broke down man. <laughs> <laughs> Who, the dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah well, I, I think that only took a day. Yeah, I think that was only a day. <laughs> right. uh, some things I like. So I will say my favorite, I think, sequence or at least scene was the basically the midpoint of the film when she goes and finds Screen Slaver. Mm-hmm. That whole like her hunting him down in his lair and that action scene of her chase. Like, I don't know why, but I really, really like that sequence. I think visually and just the tone of it, it almost got like, it got surprisingly creepy. Yeah. It was creepy. She's like looking through like the hand and he's like, it's just his mask standing there. And then the fight scene in the, like the flashing screen room, like just really, really cool visuals and stuff. And then even when they're chasing him, like it wasn't a normal chasing because like he's running through a crowd and there's just like a, uh, she's kind of like apartment building and stuff. And like, like it's she's, it's not she's like a fast paced up stairway, stairs yeah, and stuff. It, it just had a really it weird... was very well choreographed, and I think overall a lot of the action scenes. Yeah, like God, why can't they do that in a Fantastic Four movie? Yeah, <laughs> like, it is funny, like how incredible the Incredibles films are when it's the same characters. I mean, they're not, but yeah. similar character to the Fantastic Four films, which all are awful. I think. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, okay. No, I was gonna say like. Well, yeah, one of my favorite parts of the film is this, like, the their ability to use their, like, powers in creative ways, right? Yeah. And there, I think there's this whole, like, world building built around, like, the different powers. And, like, it just shows, like, Elastigirl is, like, this, you know, hailed as, like, this very, like, the, one of the best, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because she has a very simple power, but she just knows how to use it so creatively. Mm-hmm. And that's why all those other superheroes are kind of considered second class because they're, they're noobs and they just don't know how to use, like, yeah. oh, I use my power to juggle this cup. Right? But you have the you have portals! You I, should be yeah. the most powerful you, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because one of my favorite scenes was because like her name was Void, the poet yeah. portal one. When she was trying to catch uh who was Elas- it? Elastigirl Elas- in the yeah. air and she kept, yeah. and she kept missing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because, I, mean, too, like, I love that scene. It just shows you like, yeah, she's a second class superhero. She doesn't really know how to use her powers. Also because I like it also bothers me in movies when like with powers like they get it right on the first try oh yeah like as if this is super easy right and she's like yeah cool you can open and close portals but just like doing some crazy maneuver to get it like 
it was yeah yeah <laughs> it, it was yeah that was one of the, this so awesome and then just like how yeah this all they introduced all this whole new team of guys with wacky different powers mm-hmm. I, but I, I, I thought Elastigirl was a standout and I for sure I really think that they they were really clever with how they used their powers and made yeah. some really cool action set pieces. The whole that, bike stuff was the, really I cool. love the, the bike, bike separated. Yeah. And, well, at first, like when the bike separated, like what is this doing? It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But then when she started using tricks and like flipping it around to get momentum yeah. and stuff, like oh, that's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do anyone else think that it was a kind of a weird um, open where it was just like again, kind of going back to I'm not sure the payoff of it, but like the interrogation of the Tony character. Yeah, why like, did they start it off like why that? Why emphasize that, of all things? I, well, I mean, they, the the expanded short for the Incredibles 1 DVD was the Jack-Jack attack. Jack-Jack, yeah. And it, he, it was the same setting, it was the dark room interrogation yeah. scene, but with the babysitter yeah, from the yeah, first yeah. movie, and then it ends with him shooting the little, like, sticky thing on her. Yeah. So I think just, just like, visual um, bridge, uh, like, uh, that was the last maybe. piece of Incredibles media that's been in, in created, so I think okay. maybe there's an element of that, but also just kind of works as a, like, just a, a little bit of a frame, not a frame story, but yeah. kind of like a, alright, like, like, in case you forgot, it gives them an opportunity to explain... I suppose. What happened at the very end of the last movie, in case you haven't been fresh. Yeah. It's literally a character telling you, here's what happened in the last five minutes of The Incredibles. So that way when they yeah. rewind to it, it's not just, hey, the Underminer's here, let's start this fight. It gives you just a tiny bit I of I guess context. that makes and sense. It, and I think it's probably the most, like, thematic, like, the, the easiest way in story to do that without just blatantly saying, last time on The Incredibles. Yeah, I guess I, I, guess I was, know. like, focusing too much on the character, because that character mm-hmm. really is just very tertiary to everything, yeah. so it was just mm-hmm. like, why this character? But it, it makes sense. That being said, though, the one of the funniest scenes, and I think I was talking to Ryan about, yeah. is when they're in the diner. Oh, my God. And when she just, like, <laughs> shoots the water out of her nose. Okay. Yeah. I, my theater was laughing for, like, five minutes straight. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to watching it again, because I missed half that dialogue. But Me too. also because I was dying laughing because the way they animated her face yeah. and like how her eyes are watery and partially red and like yeah. dripping out of her nose I'm like you could feel in your own face how yeah. painful that is yeah. because you've been there and it's just like it's so grossly accurate yeah. to shooting soda out of your face it, it is, it's such a contrast to the rest of the film like they just threw that scene in there mm-hmm. and it was, yeah, it was well done and it's great too because again about you know family dynamic and then like the teen you know adolescence thing it's like what's the worst situation that could happen here what's the worst thing that could happen in this situation right Right? like (laughs) perfect great choice great gross animation very juicy (laughs) it's very juicy uh i want to ask you guys i'm going to throw this out there just going to throw this out there violet is adopted go she has black hair (laughs) but the father and dash have blonde hair and the mother has red hair how does she have black hair and also, Jack Jack has red hair, by the way. Why does she have black hair? Genetically, that can't happen. Uh, she could have dyed it. I mean, we're, you, genetically? Genetically? Yeah. I'm a genetic. Genetically, they have that, super Maybe that's part of our superpowers. Is she has black, black hair? hair. That's, that's a terrible superpower. <laughs> well, if she has, if she is adopted, then she had her her biological parents also have superpowers. Possibly, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the, the Incredibles are about family. And they could easily make that a part of the third one that were, I don't know, that she has a different father. I don't know. Uh, it, no one has to stop about that. She dies it, or her mother dies it, or 
genetics are thrown out the window if, you, if you're a superhero. I don't know. I just thought it might be an interesting like plot element for a future film. But eh. yeah, just adoption in general that I could see, or just yeah. kind of that different take on a family. I had never thought of that though. I guess she also her... doesn't have any of the same facial features as her parents. Yeah, that's true. I guess and it's kind of a weird thing because in animation, especially with stylized characters like this, which I do like, and I do think for the most part it works in all these Pixar films. Um, but it is something I was thinking about because no one's really ugly in these films. Like, there's people with peculiar, like, f- designed faces, but mm-hmm. no one's really ever ugly. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're uh, making a movie, you don't want to put ugly people in Do you find the underminer attractive? Well, I, I, but he's, like, clean, right? He's very polished and clean. Everyone is just, like, yeah. you know, symmetrical and just, like, How come there were no homeless people in this crime-riddled <laughs> well, town? I don't know. Oh, I'll this, visit, I have another question. When does this take place? Oh, I actually was talking about oh. it with me when we were watching it. It's great. It's, it, it, it reminds me, if I had to find a piece of media, it reminds me the most of stylistically, Archer. Because it's, it's yeah, got the mid-century, sure. 60s, 70s. Yes. But they still have like really high-tech stuff when it's convenient. Like, That's what I kind of got. And especially with Screenslaver's whole gimmick, it wouldn't really be the same if they were in the 60s. Everyone's in front of their screens. That right. doesn't really resonate as well mm-hmm. if it was in the 60s. But... Well, sure. All the technology, like all the cars and everything is, like, it doesn't need to be any one time or place, but it's, it's just, very world of tomorrow. But, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it feels retro, I think, and yeah. obviously intentionally, like almost like old spy. Yeah, exactly. Or... I was just kind of curious if, like, they, like, if in their mind it actually does take place in the 60s or not. Do you think they even... No, I think, I mean, I think it's just purely just supposed to be fantasy world, and they just yeah. picked and choose the best aesthetics that they wanted, and... Which is great because I think yeah. that like yeah you get the you get the sixties kind of it's a little Bond reminiscent and the same mm-hmm. with the soundtrack is very yes. yeah it's yeah, yeah. more and I don't know like the soundtrack is more spy movie than superhero movie oh yeah, yeah and that's somehow that clicks together somehow I don't know how yeah, but no, that, it, totally it works, works really well in the series well partly because they're the superhero ness of them is somewhat uh, secretive right so, yeah yeah. They're more like agents. Like yeah. it, it, it both mm-hmm. both the first and the second movie involve plots, and the first it's, it's Bob and the second Helen, where they're like doing agent work, where they've yeah. got missions and they got to go do this yeah. covert thing. So it, it it fits thematically. It works. It's real tasty. Uh, well, I have another big question. Oh, this is this. Maybe I'm looking for too much into this. You are. I am. Sock it to me. But uh, this is this is multi layered. But I'll I'll kind of do my best of trying to articulate what I'm thinking here. But <clears throat> who um, who is the audience for this film? And just as an audience, just as like a member of the film going public in the last twenty years, especially our generation. Are we allowed to grow up? Is this film saying that we should remain children? Okay, let me talk about the audience first. Okay, let's put this in half first. Uh, I bought a ticket for the 7 o'clock show, and Maeve and I walked in, and it was full of screaming children. So we walked right back out, and we traded our ticket for the 9 o'clock show, and it was full of college students and people in their mid-20s. And that audience cheered at the end of the movie. So it is clearly for both of those audiences. Yeah, I, yes. I went to the nine and I was full of college kids. Yeah. So, so I guess the, uh, what I'm saying is this. Okay, so this film came... Incredibles 1 came out 14 years ago. Yes. Yeah. If you are a 12-year-old kid watching Incredibles, who was the arguably intended audience at the time, you are now a 20-something, potentially yes. even older. Absolutely. But it's still a children's film, right? Yeah. Sort of. I guess... <laughs> my, and, right? And, there, and, and I think there's even layers of this thematically in the film. 
um, to an extent. And this is where I, where I feel like they didn't really develop those things as much as I would have liked. But I do think there is some of it in there. And that is this idea that, like, we are still... We're still expected, maybe not expected, uh, buying the entertainment, the, the content, the substance of what we did when we were children. Sure. Why? Why well, should we be what doing do you, this? What do you mean, what is the substance? Like, give me an example. Incredibles. Okay, so, but, I mean, we're not talking about Land Before the Time here. These are Disney films are marketed yes, as family I, films. Films that the whole, people of all ages can enjoy. That doesn't mean... So, yeah, they're appealing to somewhat lowest common denominator, right? They're not hitting any subject very really deep, yeah. right? And that is kind of what Disney does, right? I mean, they're going to have a good message. They're trying sure. to cast a wide net. Yeah. But they're going to cast a wide net. I guess my point is that, okay, if you were... Uh, the, uh, the characters have not aged. In right. The, right? 15... The amount of time has passed since the first film came out as the same amount of time as in the film world when superheroes were legal. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like... Well. Like, they can't, as filmmakers, they can't be that dissonance. They have to be aware of that. You know, right? Brad Bird did an interview, and they, he was said, he said, when we were talking about what this movie should be, we thought about doing a time jump, and then I said, nah, that's dumb, let's not. So. But they have, in effect, they have done a time jump. But what? Because they didn't, because they didn't do a time jump, in a sense, they have done a time jump, right? Like... Like, it's one thing, like, if you're the Simpsons or Family Guy, you're around 20 years, but that's an adult audience, right? I think, whether this is right or wrong, I think collectively as a culture, we think you mature when you reach a certain age, you're an adult, your tastes are going to be that for the remainder of your adulthood, more or less. But as a child, right, most children's TV shows are only ever around for two or three years. Yeah. I mean, it's no coincidence that Cora was four years, about length of time you're a teenager, Avatar, lesser, three, like... Because kids aren't kids. It's a, it's not a permanent thing. But by extending these things, well, let's keep, oh, bring that back. Bring that back. They mm-hmm. need to make a sequel to this. I loved it as a kid. Like, are they stunting our growth? Like, shouldn't our taste be maturing? I, and I'm presenting this in the very most negative way possible. There's probably a better way to argue, to present these ideas. But do you kind of get what I'm saying here? That it even pertains to the thematic element of the film where um, uh, Weaver, the, or the brother, what, what's his name? Deaver? Whatever. Winston Deaver. He's, mm. right? He's a child. He's expecting someone to save him. He needs right. superheroes to save him. Right? And they kind of touch on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, I, that's what I said. I'm the, maybe looking I mean, too far into it, but this, just to me, it's just a, like, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea, but this is the business of what this company is selling. I mean, it, it's kind of, it, it, it's like, you're saying, are they stunting our growth? Well, does Disney have a responsibility to present alternative entertainment for us <laughs> to, to match where we're at in our lives? No, we look up to other places for that. I so, suppose, I guess what I'm saying is this. I think in previous generations... And this is only historically, so this is an academic thing. I can't obviously say what it was like in the 60s. I don't know. But they didn't come out with Snow White 2 in the 80s. Right? They, they came out with new things. They're like, well, the people who like Snow White, they're adult, and we, we they'll watch it if they want to watch it, but we don't need to appeal to the same IP anymore. We'll create well, new content. No, hold on. Okay, so you're right. Maybe in the first 50 Disney animated films, they probably didn't have a sequel in any of those. But, I mean, it's not too far of a stretch to say that Cinderella is a sequel to Snow White. That Sleeping Beauty is a sequel to Cinderella. You know, Well, thematically and storytelling, but, exactly. they're, but they're not sequels. It's, it, there's no, a they're difference. not. They're not. And I, I think, I don't know that sequels are indicative of, of this whole hearkening back to the same childhood elements. 
Because I think you can create another film with a different title that is the same film, right? Yeah, why don't they do that then? Well, I, I actually completely agree with you. And I think that is one problem I have with Pixar right now, is that for the first decade of their career, the, uh, or, you know, history, they created some original content in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a yeah. you know, environment that is so flooded with other content that's just recycling the same old material. And they gave us some very fresh stuff for they us. They did. They were on, they were on a, on a, a streak for yeah. a while. You had, it, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't just looking forward to like the quality, but it was looking forward to the next new thing. You yeah. had, you had like, you know, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., Up, Bugs Wally, Life. all of those, yeah. all of those, all of those things were so, so ratatouille. Were so original, fresh. right? And now they're they're a little now, too hung up on the sequels, right? And and that was why even when I think the first sequel was Toy Story two, correct? Yeah, and that was the third movie they did, but right, and t- which is why I was a little like, ah, uh, you know, fine, okay, I'll, I'll give them the Toy Story trilogy. But when they did like Monsters University, I'm like, no, no, you guys keep moving forward, look to the future. You guys are leading the industry. Don't fall into the same trap that. Shrek 5 and exactly know, don't like, fall in Panda and that's why and even Incredibles 2 as much as I love the first one I'm like oh I can't wait to see how they're gonna visually show me how all these new powers are mm-hmm. gonna mm-hmm. interweave and stuff like that but I, I agree with you in that sense that yeah they're they are falling they're just kind of resting on I don't I mean I don't know if it's a money thing if it's right I mean I'm not pretending to be so naive to go why did they do this like, no, 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 I no, get no. that I, I get I, it I'm just like questioning like well, like it's not just Pixar. I'm not just saying Disney or Pixar. I mean it's Ninja Turtles, Transformers. Like well, every, like it's we played as Transformers as kids. Like why are they appealing to our ch- like right? Because the people who were kids in the 80s who watched Transformers are old enough to have their own kids and they'll go, oh, "I want my kids to experience the thing that I did." That's why. I, no, I, I mean I, well, again yeah. I get why, but so I'm just saying that it wasn't kind of the weird... same thing. Like in the 80s, they weren't making adult films of 60s children's shows. They were making. Flintstone, you know what I'm saying? Like, is is there something? I'm I'm posing a question. Is there something about our generation or the current media thing where they're like, yes, we're going to tap into this and we're just going to hit this for the rest of their lives? Well, I I think it is. It's just an IP. I mean, they made a Flintstones movie in the '90s, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just an IP. It's just like, oh, this has an attached name that people. It's a household name. We can get people to buy tickets because it has the same on the marquee. I mean, However, so I will say, though, I've heard a similar argument to the one you're making right now, or discussion topic, but it's framed in Star Wars, and I don't want to get into yeah, Star Wars, true. but I've heard that, like, yeah, it's, it's, Star Wars is, keeps trying to kind of recapture this old thing, not even recapture, but it, you know, we have this experience of the original trilogy as children, and we want to, we want to revisit and relive that experience, and it kind of goes back to the whole idea of like, or that I think about of like, I there's something you love so much that you want to forget it, so you can relive it for the first time all again, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, it's a blessing and a curse, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that we are we can't get a, a past ourselves, maybe, and, yeah. and and Hollywood knows it. Right? I, yeah, I definitely think it's. It's something that they know how to exploit, right? And I sure. guess that's where it's like, I just want to know, I, I just I just posing the question to, to to bounce off to see if other people have considered it, if it's something that other people are aware of. Like, and I'm not saying it in a purely cynical negative way, because right. obviously we're having a whole podcast that's essentially about that, right? right. Yes. I, like, I think, I think. I mean, this is obviously something I've considered. I think where I stand here, though, and I think why I'm not quite like connecting with where you're at on this on this viewpoint is because 
yes, I agree that that's a thing that exists, especially with our generation. I just don't know that it, Incredibles two is the prime example. Of no, it. it's not. I feel like I, just yeah, felt I feel an like I feel like if we're looking at this phenomenon of how like we're stuck in IPs and in the past and nostalgia and all this stuff, we talked about a lot about it with yes. with uh, with with Solo. We talked about it with with Ready Player One. I just don't really get that with this movie. Well, okay, this is why I brought it up with this movie because I think. The discussion was too inescapable. Like that was the obvious discussion with with Ready Player One and Solo. Right. Like right, that was they 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 were overtly about that. But I guess why I brought it up with Incredibles Two is because no one's talking about it like that. But mm. to me, as like, why not? Why are people like we talk about fan service and Solo? Like, why is this not fan service? It's appealing to the exact same sensibilities hmm. in a lot of ways, right? I suppose because maybe it just. Doesn't have the same legacy, but you're right. It is 14 years old. The first. That's one. my point. It's like, yeah. it, like it'd be one thing if it was two years later when like right. comes out. Or three years later, like no, this is 14 years. This it's isn't so like like that, a right? six year olds are like these are now well, people with families if, and jobs, or they're new 12 year olds who don't have that connection with the original. I, well, if we, not the same connection. Not, okay, most of them okay. will probably if we're going to talk showed them to them. And nuts stuff. and bolts. Um, Pixar has wanted to make a sequel to this. Yes, since the I first one, it. and Brad Bird wanted to go do other things, yeah. and they were they did not want to make a second Incredibles without Brad Bird, yeah. and he wanted to get into live action, and the now he's like, I'm over it, Mission Impossible, all these things, yeah. and then he does Tomorrowland, which flopped, and I said, okay, I, okay, I guess now it's time <laughs> yes. to make Incredibles two. So I mean, in this that, again, this yeah, specific example, it's not it's the it's, sure. there's the nuts and bolts, there's the Incredibles is a super popular IP, it's going to make money if we put these characters out again. Um, yeah, again, I it, this this is this is. It's actually funny. I assume it shows before all, but they had the little prequel beforehand, or not prequel, but the little short thing before the movie started of all the, yeah. the cast, and it's like we've been, we know you've been asking for it forever. So like that's what like they're, they're even they are so full aware of this. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's I did years. think that was a little strange. The, 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 right, like yeah, they yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, it felt. Yeah, this felt weird. Like they're like, no, it's gonna be good. Trust us. Like you're like, why are you? Trying I mean, I already to bought my ticket. Yeah, why are you trying to convince We're me? In the theater, I am here. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. But yeah, did you get a I, show? I you gave just... you the money already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a, I guess maybe a last note on that is that it, I it is easy to kind of fall into sameness, right? Just we this is something that's comfortable, something we like. I'll pay money to go see this. And that's why I'll always favor something, an original in a saga. That's the first to do it. It was fresh. It was original. And I'm always, for the most part, even though I said I liked this film more than the first one, I still, if you know, I was going to rank my top 100 films and either of the Incredibles were going to find their way into that list, it would be the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think in that regard, you know, if there's a movie out or there's some content that's, that's new and original, I'm, I'm always going to bias myself intentionally and unfairly towards that content because I, I want to give credit and I want to, not necessarily yeah. just to the artist, but also for myself, right? Because we are, like I said, we can't get past ourselves, so I have to force myself and make a special effort to do that. Yeah. 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 Uh... So, yeah, like I said, I knew that was going to be a big, heady conversation that I do think is relevant for Incredibles 2, but it, I, it's not a critique of it in specifically the film itself because ultimately I still think it's a fun, enjoyable, like, film, right? Like, yeah. and it, Well, that's good, Sean, because yeah. if you didn't apologize just now, I was going to punch you in the face. <laughs> okay, good. Right? Obviously, obviously you have to worry about offending me. <laughs> uh, cool. All right, Chris, how did you, what do you think about all the... <laughs> About what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> About Chewie punching me in the face. 
I like it. Uh, <laughs> Another. I mean, I agree with you, Sean. I mean, I've thought about this for a long time. It's. I mean, it's just <laughs> like half an hour. Is that what you've been doing this whole time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been kind of just thinking about all the stupid crap I see posted on Facebook of people from my generation. 90s was the greatest decade to grow up in, right? They're so obsessed with that thing that you don't hear freaking your our parents saying no trust me the 60s was the best right you like, do hear that though i never well you don't, I, hear, like, you don't no, hear it in that term you i see hear it posts about how like remember when you drank out of the hose and you could yeah go i mean out, you're right they don't first, first of all it's on facebook <laughs> so by the very nature of the <laughs> guess, medium they're I mean, not gonna guess, post it but i get what you're saying though i, I like and then also like not i mean i guess people of my generation too and later have have like this bad tendency of living with their parents a lot longer to you know like i guess that's what i was well, trying I mean, to hint at this the economy this, is this, shambles yeah now. i mean i, <laughs> I mean that takes a little bit of the blame but overall but it's also it they don't have that collective. desire to move out i think it's too. well i think it's just a collective conscious yeah. of ideas i just think it's just like yeah what I was referring to is this idea of maturation and how that's reflected in our entertainment. So we're a bunch of man-children. Maybe. Sure. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I do think that some, there are some people who are that, but that's true of everyone. Why are you keep pointing at me when you say that? <laughs> Anyways, Incredibles 2. <laughs> Bao was a 12-year-old boy, alright? <laughs> I mean, Did that blonde woman have sex with the Bao? With the Duffley. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I accept that. I've, I've been thinking about what I, why I didn't like Incredibles 2 as much as a lot of people probably do. And I feel like because for a Pixar film, it's just, it's so lacking in subtlety, right? And it's something that, like you were bringing up earlier, the original IPs, Things like, you know, you have the Wallies and you have the, the yeah. Toy Stories and stuff. Things where, I don't know, just there's more nuance to how they tell the story. Where this one, it yeah. was just a superhero story, like to me, with a bit of spy in it, right? Well, like, sure, that's kind of what Sean said. It just felt like a long episode. That wasn't yeah, long. like everything's so in your face. I mean, and stuff I, I like guess that. that's, everything doesn't have to be, you know, a magnum opus of just the blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and I, and I, I won't, like, you know, count it against them. But I do think, that, to me, is that there was some of it there, but it just never fully developed. Like, whereas, like, I'd rather have, almost rather have them just go full-on superheroes that they don't need the, the subtle message stuff. Or, if you're going to do that, then go all in with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's where I was a little bit... But ultimately, that's a pretty high-level criticism in terms of, like, nitpicking stuff, right? Like Story-wise, all the other stuff, you know, everything else worked. It was entertaining, it was visual, like... Visually, it was great. Yeah, I mean, it's a Pixar film that doesn't even have to be said anymore, but it, it's still pretty amazing. Every time a new film comes out, how like you don't even think about it anymore. I was just like, oh yeah, that's reality. So what? What's the consequence of failure in this movie? Which one? You mean in just for superheroes? Do they die? Do the superheroes die? Like what? Well, that's another thing I had an issue with. Is oh, that, yeah. like okay, we just legalized superheroes. But now we're going to, okay, the, if they fail, 
Then all the superheroes are hypnotized, and now public opinion is turned back against superheroes. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty quick. So now we have to reintroduce legislation, and who knows how long that's going to take. <laughs> so it's not really... It did, it did have... It reminded me a bit of Civil War, too, for sure. Like, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, there was a bit of that. There was a bit of that. Um, but That's a good one. Eh, at least they try to tackle something. I do think that it it did feel like a natural kind of expand, expansion on the first Incredibles in terms of the world building. Yes. I did enjoy the world building. Yeah. Um, just the city and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't remember the, the no, Minas City. I forgot what it was called. It's like but... when she gets out to that promenade with the Mara. I'm like, yes. whoa, we never saw something like this yeah. in the first one. This uh, looks really cool. Visually appealing. We get to mm-hmm. see like, hey, they're part of a big, vast world now. Yeah. Because of a monorail. <laughs> that's not how it finished no <laughs> I didn't understand that why were they turning it out in the first place yeah that's why like shouldn't they like want to like where like I don't know and also before we knew that there, the track wasn't finished and like the villain's plan is to make it go backwards <laughs> oh no like <laughs> I thought that was just going to be it, too. I was like, this is hilarious. Also, the monorail probably already designed to go backwards anyway. It's, yeah, like, it's, like, it's one way. Mono. <laughs> rail. Well, all right. Mono. Mono. Rail. All right. Well, I think that wraps up for the most part. Uh, yeah. Despite probably our heavy-handed, like, bragging on it and some crazy discussions. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was heavily recommended. Very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Best time I've had in the movies in a long time. Yeah. Lots of things I... Don't think we're the worked about the movie. Not perfect, but yeah. I it's hecka enjoyable. What's next up on Pixar's list? Oh, I don't. Good Dinosaur Two. No, I don't boy, know. oh boy, <laughs> Planes Four. <laughs> <laughs> Someone looking this up. Someone googling this. I am. Chris is. It says Planes Four. No. No. <laughs> In the meantime, me and Sean will talk about. Uh, We'll see which one was Chris or Chris. There's so many movies. Uh, Upcoming Toy Story Four, right? Right. And then it's just a list, a list of dates with no all titles, ti- all called untitled films. <laughs> well, that's from the, so they're the same they're franchise. Making a untitled uh, franchise. Uh, they know it's when the bombs drop. There won't be any more Pixar movies <laughs> yes. after that. You have it all on your phone. All the things that people should do to thing us and do us and blah 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 blah. Why don't you start that over? Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about I take us home here? Okay, Tell dang us, it. Yeah, well, you start that over. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to reach out to us oh, on it. social media, tell them how, man. All right. All right. Uh, so, um, here's all the places you can find us. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us on Google Play Music, Pocket Casts, or Radio Public. You can follow us on our RSS feed. Uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, we're at The Yum Chunks, where you can find all of our video content, as well as any of our podcast episodes. If you want to contact us, we're at The Yum Chunks on Twitter. Uh, send us a tweet, if you feel like you want to. Uh, if you want to send us a direct email, we're just at yumchunks at gmail.com. Send us the good, send us the bad, send us the facts of life. <laughs> Whatever you want to tell us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, leave us some whatever. Say hi. That's a good idea. There you go. Uh, We're coming up. We'll have a lot of episodes for the summer coming up. We're probably going to do a Jurassic World episode. We got Ant Man and Wasp. We got Comic Con coming up. We got lots of stuff. We're probably going to do an episode on Avatar 10th Anniversary Blu ray of Sozin's Comet. So stay tuned for all that. Oh, Vince wasn't on this episode. So if you want to know his opinion on Incredibles 2, just give him a call. (laughs) Yeah, his number is uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hamlet. No, bad idea. Um, but I think that wraps it up for us. So yeah, thanks. Thanks everyone for listening staying after the credits and we'll catch you on the 
flip place. On the stinger. The stinger. Stain credible. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>